myth, magic, medicine, and everything in between. Two doctors talking. Hi, and welcome to Myth, Magic, Medicine. I'm thrilled that Gabriel Beats, who talked to us recently about his foray into the children's book authorship, offered to come back and talk about how he sees hypnosis as helpful in his practice as a vascular surgeon. Great to see you again. <laughs> thank you for joining us. I'm well, really thrilled to find a surgeon who supports the idea of hypnosis. You don't know what it means to me as a former doctor who became a hypnotist, uh, because I really, really want to people to understand how you, it's not going to replace anything. It is a modality that can help support people when they're ill and to, for a lot of other things. So I was very excited when you told me about your experiences. And uh, so just, just back up a little bit, give a little tiny bit about who you are in case anybody didn't catch your earlier episode with me. Sure. And, uh, and then we can talk about that. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me back on the show. And so for all the listeners out there, my name is Gabriel Beats. I'm a vascular surgeon. Um, for all those that are curious what a vascular surgeon does, it's kind of like a plumber for people. So your arteries and your veins, they're, if they're either blocked or leaking, uh, I'm the type of surgeon that would go in there and help with that or fix it. And, um, you know, all of our, we have, uh, I, I practice in San Antonio. And uh, we have a wonderful group. Our group is PVA. Uh, just made us some fantastic uh, men and women who, who work so hard to, to take care of our community. Um, and, uh, and it's been wonderful. And so when you mentioned hypnosis, um, I thought it was good to have it as a topic because most people, they interpret it as, you know, someone with a, a, a swinging watch. Yep. And, and it's very theatrical. And um, I wanted to explain how it can be used in modern day medicine um, and, uh, and just show some of the highlights. And it may be more subtle than you think. And, and some of you out there who have had procedures done away, you may have had it happen and you didn't even know right. it. Exactly. That's, that's part of it. It's, it's not a big, funny woo-woo thing. It's, it's something that happens naturally when you just sort of allow your conscious mind to switch off for a short time, you're in that state. A yeah. hypnotist, but most of the work I do with medical is like pre-surgical preparations to help people reduce their anxiety about the procedure, help them be able to help the anesthetist and the surgeon when they're, and also to help healing so that they, they don't fight the procedure. That's really the idea, but like you're, it's very unlikely you would have a hypnotist in the room while Correct. you're dealing with a, a, a patient. So it's really helpful if doctors have had, have a little bit of knowledge about how to use this really helpful tool. So did you take formal instruction on it or did you just realize that, that the way you talk to your patients is, is a hypnotic, it's <laughs> hypnotic? Well, I would say, um, you know, I, so I've had, so full disclosure, I've had no formal training with hypnosis I don't advertise it as that. Mm -hmm. I just feel that there are a lot of times when as a surgeon, you're dealing with someone who's going through something very scary, right? Mm -hmm. And anybody can say, oh, sir, that surgery, that's not a big deal. But when it's your, when it's your body and it's, and it's you who are undergoing yeah. the procedure, uh, people can be very, very different in terms of their mindset. And um, some people who you 
may think would not tolerate it very well, sail right through. And then other people who may look rough and tough and they're as nervous as kittens, you know? And so um, I think there are there is a lot of value in it. Um, and, and I'll just start from the top, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I'll share my experience with it is, um, we have a lot of patients who are quite sick. You know, they either have cardiac problems, they have heart problems, uh, or their vascular problems are so severe that they can't tolerate a general anesthetic um, because it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous to put them fully to sleep. And so, um, you know, the way we can try and work around it is we use some local anesthetic. So to help relieve with the actual direct pain, but then also in an operating room, having anesthesia talk to the patient, and then it helps put them in a different mindset, or sometimes I'll talk to them. And mm -hmm. so they're comfortable, right, from a very, very light, either sedative or, or light pain medications and local anesthetic, but to really help them so that they have a better experience, um, it's getting them through that. Well, we, there's a couple of ways we do it. One is Sometimes I'll have patients that are very nervous and they just want to know what's going on. And I just go through it step by step. And mm -hmm. then I explain to them what they're going to feel. Okay. So it's like, okay, I'm going to move your arm here. You're going to feel some pressure here. You know, you're going to feel us working away and, and chatting quietly. Um, and then I'm going to check in with you. If something happens, you just let me know. And then we can pause. And then they're like, okay. And then if I get to a point where I said, okay, we're at a point of no return, we can't pause right here. I need you to stay still. Then, so, so some part of hypnosis is engaging with the patient. So they're actually participating and aware of what there's going on. And yeah, one of the, one of the biggest myths is that you're asleep and you're unaware of what's happening. Right. Um, they, it's very, a lot of the time it's very interactive. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, so a lot of it is just engagement. Some patients are nervous. And they just want their, they want to, their thought process and their mindset needs to be taken to a different place. Mm -hmm. And so usually we go in any direction the patient wants to go. And I'll give you an example. So we had a patient and uh, she was really focused on her grandkids, which is, which is very normal. And so we would just ask about her grandkids. So she, again, very comfortable, light sedative, uh, really watching vitals close. And we would just ask, we'd be like, well, how many grandkids do you have? Oh, well, I have eight. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. Well, how old's the oldest one? And then, you know, for me, it's, it's not much effort because you're, you're concentrated on taking care of their surgical needs and anesthesia is concentrated on maintaining mm -hmm. their, you know, their physiological status and watching their vitals and, and, and working with us and making sure they're comfortable. Um, and sometimes, so that's a good example. We just took someone to a different place and we actually did a, a ruptured aneurysm in a patient and it was, those are very dangerous. Um, and have, very like, high anxiety for everybody. Very <laughs> high anxiety, especially for the poor person going through it. Right. And so, uh, and we had a good outcome, you know, I mean, those, those types of situations, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't end well all the time, but we did, we've done a few where they were awake and that's a, a, a quick, um, very thorough judgment call where you're deciding if someone's going to have the mental capacity to be able to handle that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we've done a nice job of that over the years and we just distracted them. And, um, you know, we were able to achieve a, a good result, minimally invasive, 
you know, in today's world, we just have so many other options, you know, with stent grafts and minimally invasive techniques. And you're just not moving it. You don't have to move as much tissue around to achieve the same goal. So it's a lot easier on people, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I thank you for your support of the theory of hypnosis. <laughs> Good. Most well, of what I do, most, I mean, I, I swear, most of my practice is anxiety. Chronic pain comes into it because you want yeah. to be able to, but but anxiety is the biggest one. It's, it's just people. I have a, actually this morning, I got a, a feed from some feedback from a client. I sent the tape because he's about to undergo significant oral surgery. And he's big, burly guy terrified, hates them with a passion, loves the, loves the dentist, doesn't want to be a patient of his. <laughs> it's true. So I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, who knows what, what memory it's triggering from, you know, we're all a, a jumble of things that we collect in our, in our lives. And it could be all sorts of things that, that make him feel that way. Um, yeah. I have, I have two examples. I have, um, you know, for my patients where they've decided that they want to quit smoking, mm -hmm. believe it or not, for the one that's like, I've tried this, I've tried that. I'm like, have you tried hypnosis? And they're like, no. And I said, what can it hurt? Why don't you go take a family member and just try it? And it does. I mean, you know, is it, is it flipping a switch? No, but it is effective. Um, no. I've had, I've had some that I've had some patients that truly Truly, truly, truly believed in it. Um, then I, I think another one for me personally is I, I'm not a big fan of flying uh, mm -hmm. on an airplane. Um, and, uh, and part of that was learned behavior, you know, because I've been on some rough flights going back mm -hmm. and forth overseas um, and, uh, and just not a fan of it. And then, uh, but for me, if I can distract myself, I guess that would be a different way of doing it. So what I do is on a plane is I'm an avid reader. So I always take like my favorite book and I'll watch a movie. And if it gets a little bumpy and I'm not too, too bad, but if it gets bumpy, you know, and everybody's sitting down, then, uh, then I'm like, okay. And if I can, if I can just read my book, I'm good, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, well, I actually, that's when you're explaining what it feels like to people, you're telling them, <laughs> it's what happens when you get really engrossed in a book when you're really engrossed in a movie everything else just falls away right you're not aware that the cushion seats are, are really the, the chair is not that comfortable you're just, you're in another place and that's what it does but exactly. and and then if something does happen if there is a sudden you know the plane suddenly does a drop <laughs> you'll snap out of it the fire alarm goes off, you'll snap out of it, but right. you can get yourself back to that place. And that's really what a hypnotist teaches the clients is this is what it feels like. Now, let me tell you how you can do that. The next time you're going to the dentist, when you go in for your surgery, use these techniques. It's true. And, um, and just to tap on surgery again, it, you know, for me as a surgeon, I think that there's a couple, one, you have to have the knowledge base and good judgment good judgment is the number one key aspect to being a surgeon. You have to have good judgment. Mm -hmm. um, but then I also think you also have to remember that people are going through a lot and it's not just based on the surgery. It can be something outside of it, social stuff, um, job stuff. And I think as a surgeon, if you can encompass all that and really help frame it for them, then mm -hmm. you're doing more than just their operation. You're just getting, you're helping them get through 
a challenging part in their life. Yeah. And, and that's really, that's really where you can make a difference and have and enjoy it, you know? And I, and I joke about it with my patients, but I'm like, listen, it's important. And I tell all my patients this, I said, it's important we get along. And I said, it's important that you have an enjoyable experience. I'm not saying it's going to be fun every time and you're going to be nervous, but I want to be part of the solution, not the problem. And when I see you at the grocery store, I want you to say hi to me, not run away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, um, and I'm pretty open. And I think, so I think hypnosis does play a role. I think it's helpful either. Um, well, it's by, helpful for a lot of those lifestyle changes, like you said, smoking. Yeah, loss. it's really it, helpful for that. Right. It really is. And, but I think, and the different ways you can use it where either they're engaged and involved. And so there's a mm -hmm. form where they feel that they're in control and that helps to, you know, stem their anxiety or mm -hmm. taking them to another place so that, you know, they're, they're there, but their mindset is focused on something else mm -hmm. uh, to help them reduce anxiety. But right. either way, you're trying to get to that same end point. So. Yeah. For those people who like watching YouTube things, um, if you look up, oh, I can't remember his first name. The last name is Gao, G-O-W. He's a dentist in Glasgow. He does, okay. He's done a lot of BBC videos and there's a lot of stuff on YouTube of him. And uh, they, they do dental implants and they'll do root canals completely under hypnosis and they're talking to the patient as they're doing this. No way. Yeah. And, and most people think, ooh, dentist, no, no way. Um, yeah, but it's uh, the, mostly, they don't do every case like that. They'd be there, it obviously takes longer if you have to do if you're, if you're doing the talking. Um, but for those patients who really don't do well with anesthesia or, mm -hmm. you know, lidocaine is a problem. Uh, it, uh, it's very, very useful. It's, it's a lot of fun watching him as a, a French gentleman too, who, who has an amazing patter. I wish I could hypnotize people as fast as he does. I mean, I, there's a lot to it in that you, you meet with the client first, you talk about it, you have to understand their personality somewhat, you have to know what kind of things are going to trigger them. Uh, but, but watching them are really pretty amazing. It's... How did you get involved? I mean, you are PEDS ER. I was PEDS ER. I got invalided out of medicine. I, I was very ill um, yeah. quite a while ago. And as I got better, and it, it took a long time, I knew I wasn't going to be able to go back into medicine. But but I wanted to do something useful. I always thought of myself as a doctor, you know, growing up, I, that was, that was where I was going always very one, very single-minded. Um, so after the identity crisis that having to leave medicine abruptly caused me, yes, I looked right. around for things to do. And so I figured, well, you know, I'll do a little bit of helping people with weight, helping people with general lifestyle stuff, because it does so much impact your health. And then I got an introductory um, I got a, a free introductory class on hypnosis and just went, whoop, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And when I realized that both the associations for, for medicine, both in, in the US and the UK, had said in the 50s that we should be teaching medical students, I became positively furious because nobody even mentioned it to me when I was in training. And I was born after they, well, about the time they were saying this. Mm -hmm. So it's, and it's still, there are some schools had a smattering of hypnosis, but but I haven't come across yet anybody who has that was taught it during during their formal no. education. Some people have come along and joined afterwards, but and yeah, it just it's it's 
we're leaving a useful modality and instead of because it's got that you know gentleman with a goatee a swinging pocket watch and a cloak image in people's minds or the dreaded mind control or people just saying oh it's rubbish but it's, you know, it doesn't hurt you <laughs> there no. aren't any side effects there are a couple of conditions that you need to be a bit more careful with like you know if it's an epileptic or somebody with thought disorder you need to be aware of that right to work with them but it, it really it's it's nuts to me that we don't use it more i would agree i mean i i even had um i had one patient and they were so nervous. They had uh, something called phlegmasia estrella dolens, which is where you get a, a very bad uh, DVT or blood clot in your leg, but not only in your leg, but in the iliofemoral. So it's in your iliac vein, which are in your mm -hmm. abdomen. So you can imagine this blood clot is like, and he's a, he's a very uh, large person by height, you know, in frame. And, um, so you're talking about a cloth that's like the size of a carrot or a banana, you know, it's not small. Mm -hmm. So the, his limb, his leg was threatened and very, very nervous, um, well-educated individual. And, and we got through it because you would never guess it, but they listened to like hardcore heavy metal music. Mm -hmm. So I would do the case under local only because he didn't do well with anesthetic and they would listen to music that i had never heard of <laughs> i mean like very underground heavy metal you know in a, and and i just all we did was let him use his phone mm -hmm. and he was good i mean it totally and i was i'm i was like are you sure and he's like just let me try it you know i'm like okay here's your phone we plugged it in to a charging wall and uh he'd sit there and just listen to that and he found it very relaxing uh new experience for me which is fine um and he, he got a good result you know he, he yeah, was very yeah. calm. had he had he had formal hypnosis or did he just thought you know just knew that that would relax him? no that he just knew that that would relax him and he was and they were a healthcare provider themselves oh, um so uh now i do have a question for you so when you got your training so where did you train at like when you decided oh. this what you're going to pursue i went to um the hypnosis motivation institute which is in california actually okay. most of it was I, I was trained online i had to go through 200 hours of supervised actual practice oh, wow. with with clients but it was 300 hours on online learning classes which included things like business and ethics and <laughs> stuff okay i sort of knew some of that um of course because yeah. of course i mean that it, it's it's very much the wild west out here um there's there's the the state of washington and connecticut require registration i'm not going to call it license because there is no actual training required you you have to register this is your business you have to pay them i i know that the state of washington requires 175 dollars and for you to take an online class in hiv I don't see the connection, but that's what you need in order to call yourself a hypnotherapist there. But those are the only states that have any restriction. There, there are some things that you can't call yourself this. There's some places you can't practice stage hypnosis. My insurance specifically says I can't practice anesthesia. Okay. So I, I can't tell somebody their arm is senseless. But um, 
but it, pretty much anybody, you can take a weekend course and call yourself a hypnotist and go on out there and hypnotize people. For them, it's very easy because it's a natural phenomenon. There are some people who just very e find it very easy to relax people and yeah. to take them through an induction. But but um, it bothers me a little bit because a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. People can't know what they don't know, and so. I'm, I'm not in the camp that says it must be a doctor where some of the academic hypnotists live. Um, David Spiegel at Stanford um, will say it, it must be a, a healthcare professional. It must be a, 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 it must be a psychiatrist. And I, I don't agree with that. I certainly think if you're treating somebody with schizophrenia, it'd be a good idea. But hypnosis itself, I consider myself a technician at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so all of my clients, I, I have conversations with their doctors or at least communication with their doctors. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of them just sign the form and say, yeah, sure. Go ahead and do it. Well, I, so how long have you been practicing now? Uh, just over three years. Three. That's fantastic. And then what would be like a common thing that someone would seek you out for, for hypnosis? Like, I, I swear, an anxiety. The okay. most questions I get are smoking. But those are people who are, you know, kind of doing the rounds of calling people about smoking. That's the most, the most common thing. Um, but the patients who I, patients, I must not call them patients. They are my clients. Uh, <laughs> and the clients who come to me, usually it's an it's a anxiety of one form or another. I've had a few people who've gone through for that and then they come back to me for other things. Sure. Um, recently, a gentleman who has difficulty driving over bridges really that's um, yeah and that seems to be linked listening to it the first time uh it happened was about 20 years ago something was going on in his life um and a psychiatrist had suggested hypnosis but having talked to the psychiatrist he then felt better about it and didn't have a problem it's just come back again and so he thought well i'll skip psychiatrist just go to hypnosis so um but again it's there's life change his uh, I'm pretty sure he's not listening to this podcast so and nobody else would know who he is so he um his elderly father has just moved in with him and I think that that is it, it's just there's there's some stress or or other that's causing this triggering this issue this is just starting and the first time it was well around the time of the adoption of his child that he was in distress but it's but um that is a common, that's common enough to have its own name, which I can't pronounce. And, and uh, very set, you know, a lot of protocols that are built up and passed on from hypnotist to hypnotist. But, but it basically, you, you see a client, you talk to them, you figure out what the things are that are bothering them. And as Erickson said, uh, all the answers are inside. So you just oh, have yeah. to find them. Yeah. You know, Erickson? No, yes. I don't. I don't know, but I've heard that. Well, he's before. he's passed, so you probably unlikely to have met him. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he was very well known psychiatrist, and um, I think he was in Arizona. He um, he's known as a conversational hypnotist because okay. he doesn't do a formal. He would never have owned a pocket watch, I don't think, and he would just enter into a conversation with somebody and just just gradually take them to that relaxed state now how long um in your experience with with your client 
how long does it usually how long does a session usually last for oh we're very traditional it's that 50 minute session uh it depends on what the issue is i i book usually 90 minutes so that we can go over if people need to mm -hmm. um but I think longer and the actual hypnosis, hypnosis itself, even if it's quite a complex thing, would only be about 10 or 15 minutes, the actual time that they're under, mm -hmm. um, unless, you know, you're operating on somebody, obviously we would stay there as long as you need, but, <laughs> but for the, for the, the, the more th standard thing of, of introducing, you're talking to somebody, you're finding out from them what they, in their words, want to have as a known thing, right? The subconscious is your your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It's where where you're you know. And in for a surgical patient, you know it's going to hurt. So we're going to introduce the idea that yeah. no, it doesn't. <laughs> right, and and, and so, they don't. Yeah, they don't. Uh, it's true. You know, they don't believe you all the time, and you have to say, listen. And I've had a couple of surgeries myself. Um, one during COVID. And I think that like anything else, the more that you can relate to your patients and the more you can, I think we're in a very interesting, whether you're, whether you're performing hypnosis or, or in healthcare, um, I think that the more you can show clients or patients or whomever you're helping um, that you're human and that you have your own challenges, then I think that it helps create a little bit of more of trust because um, mm -hmm. they know you they they know you a little bit better in the in, in a long time ago in the olden days uh it was kind of you're the the all-seeing wizard of oz and i think in today's world it's it's much more of a conversation than it's a shifting it, <laughs> so I, it, it's that gradual shift because they're going to be the generation before my father for example literally mm -hmm. tugged his forelock when he was talking to a doctor i mean it was sir and ma'am he didn't know what to do when i became a doctor he didn't know how to talk to me which is bizarre mm -hmm. <laughs> um and the they were taught that was sort of part of the the hypnotic effect of being a doctor right here i am <laughs> i'm going to cure you yeah. and they would believe this so there's a placebo effect yeah, you have arrived. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so then we, when we're going through this sort of difficult, well, doctors aren't gods. We knew that. <laughs> and yeah. before, before we realized that, 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 that we're just like you and me and we go to, you know, that lovely thing when people walked up to you in the supermarket, surprised you're pregnant. When I was, well, yeah, you're pregnant. I, I was, I was mixing two things there. I'll probably clip that out. No. When I was pregnant with my third child, I was working. I, my first two kids were born in a residency and fellowship. My third, uh, I was, I was an ER doc in rural Pennsylvania, and I got up to walk across the nurses' station to go and do something. And a frequent flyer, uh -huh. <laughs> you, know, you know, I heard, I heard from across the room, Doctor Bill, and you got knocked up <laughs> the entire. <laughs> entire <laughs> I don't know if she was offended or quite well. I was just surprised that I ever left the ER, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently we just live, you know, they just they just open a drawer and take whatever yeah, just keep us there. Yeah. person you need out and then, you know, blow us up and, and there we are, you know. Um, right. But uh, yeah. you're right, though. I mean, it's a different, um, in a good way, you know. I mean, uh, it's in today's world, it's much more of a, there's a, a I think the relationship is good. Uh, I think 
showing people, you know, who you are and, uh, and letting them get to know you a little bit is important, mm -hmm. you know, um, so they can get a feel for it. And, and I enjoy, just like you, I, I enjoy practicing that way. Because for mm -hmm. me, it makes it fun too. You know, I have patients that come in, they go, hey, how are you doing after your surgery? I had, I had surgery last year. Um, mm -hmm. Apparently, when you get older, you don't tolerate bicycle accidents. <laughs> As, as well as you did, yeah. As well as I did. And uh, so I tore my, my ACL and my meniscus out on yeah. a bike ride with my kids when I was jumping off a curb. And we don't have to get into too much details of it. But I limped, I limped home and uh, I didn't call my wife. And she comes home and she goes, what'd you do? And I was like, I was on my bicycle. <laughs> and, you know, I was with the kids and I hopped a curb and they were crossing the street. And my knee just went, you know, yeah. and I was, and I knew it was bad. And, uh, so I, my, my amazing better half, uh, got me crutches and a brace and I went to work because we had to, cause it was, you know, um, I, I don't want to bring up the, you know, physicians were required during that time period and it was all hands on deck to help people with COVID and help your community. Mm -hmm. So it, hell or high water I went to work and I did that for a week and I'd go to work on crutches getting back to your story and they'd be like what happened to you I'd be like bicycle accident they go well, why don't you come home and I go why you know I'm, this is where I'm <laughs> you know what I mean they're like wait a minute what you know you're you're hobbling around you're my surgeon you know I'm like this is what we have Another to do one? yeah I'm sorry <laughs> you know my I'm I'm made of you know skin and bone just like you um, and then, uh, uh, so anyway, that would be, you know, impatient, but my point was, is I let them in. Right. Then I had right. surgery, um, after surgery, I couldn't walk for a couple of months and I did not want to operate on people until I was hundred percent. And so I became the clinic doctor. Right. Mm -hmm. So then all my colleagues are off having fun in the operating room and I'm left there for clinic, which is fine. I enjoy it. So all my, all of our patients for the whole practice saw me hobbling around and going through physical therapy and, but letting them in and, and they're like, you know, they would have surgery, you know, it's so funny because I had surgery, they had surgery, everybody in the room had surgery, right? And they're complaining about physical therapy. And I'm like, well, you think that's bad? I got to go there, you know, and move, move this, this bloody knee until my endorphins kick in and I either pass out or I can't feel it. And so um, but then a year later, all my patients now, they're like, Hey, how's your leg? How are your kids? Right. So I know I've been waffling on a little bit, but that's fine. <laughs> it's important. I think it's, I, I do think it's important. So my patients, it's funny. They, they come in, they're checking on me, you know, mm -hmm. it makes it nice. It makes it nice. Yeah, it does. So when you're, when you're a hypnotist and you're getting involved in it, um, do you ever do it online or is it mostly it's, live? No, it's actually mostly online because really, okay. um, yeah. When I first first started my practice, which was you know right before the the uh, pandemic, not long before the pandemic, uh, I was going to do it all online, and a lot of people mm -hmm. locally knew me and wanted to see me in person. I didn't want to do it at my house; it's not really set up that way. Mm -hmm. So, so I rented an office. And I was going to have this grand right. opening. I had all set okay. up this chamber of commerce for the 23rd of March. What's wrong with that date? We went into close down here in Delaware 
uh, March 16th. <laughs> so I sat in my in my office. It was nice. I could escape from the rest of the family who was working at home. I could go to my office and work by sure, myself. Sure. Sure, but I couldn't is. see any patients. So I couldn't see any clients. So after a year, I said, this is just not, it's not going to end. You know, every, every time I think, oh, well, I'll do that. Another lockdown. Oh, another lockdown. True. I don't know how your numbers went in, in Texas, but the, over here in the Northeast, they were all the time. Yeah. Waves, like everywhere else, waves, uh, no different. Um, yeah. Yeah. And actually, it's really very effective online. I mean, the, there's something nice about the energy of being in the same room with somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, but most people are now are so used to communicating through Zoom or some similar equivalent. Oh, yes. Yeah, that it's it's pretty natural. And you're in your own safe environment. The changes that happen in hypnosis are happening in the, the client's head. <laughs> And they can, I, all I, the only thing that's, that feels still a little odd, I think it's my Englishness showing, is that I say, when we finish this session, I will say, hi, how are you feeling? Good, I'll see you next week. And it will close because I want them to stay sort of in that. You don't want to interrupt it. You just want to. I don't want anything. Yeah, want I want them fade, to be. Fade yeah, out. I'm fading away. They, yes. they can go about their business i tell them to at least sit in the chair for at least five or ten minutes after we finish but if you've got an extra half an hour just i'll sit there and just uh, take in the day <laughs> relax <laughs> you don't have to, whereas if you see somebody in person they're gonna have to leave your office go find their car drive away somewhere else and just it you, oh, you sort of waste some of the effect you know it's really nice the audios um i there's a disclaimer at the front that says there is no wake up on this if you need to wake up set an alarm um because i want i want them to listen to it as they fall asleep so it can really integrate and and not be disturbed by other thoughts um that, that crowd in amongst them so so and it seems to work quite well and usually the second time i see people they say i'm sleeping so well <laughs> Just, well, I think it's a nice, think, like a sleep is wonderful. It's very curative. <laughs> well, well, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have sleep. So what would you recommend for sleeping? Because it is becoming more popular, you know, uh, helps with aging effects, you know, uh, health in general. I mean, the importance of sleep. So because we all do it, right? You lay down, mm -hmm. it's quiet. And then a thousand things rush through your head that, you know, you either got to do or this or that or right. something that's on your mind. And, and you're kind of just left with these, these thoughts. So right. uh, you assuming know, no that somebody, thoughts. assuming that somebody doesn't have an actual sleep disorder, because there right, are lots right. of other things. That, yeah, yeah no. it's just general relaxation stuff. I, I have various um, audios that I'll give people okay. for them to just listen to at night as they fall asleep. And it, it will depend on what their conversation with me has been. I don't like to, a lot of hypnotists do uh, put, sort of their their lead magnet for their their products you know, here have a free tape and listen to this i prefer it to be a bit more personalized up front sure, sure. Sure. <laughs> um the first time i was ever hypnotized by a fellow student was online he was in i think he was in kentucky actually but, oh, <laughs> so cool. he was he was hypnotizing me and he said and I remember i'm english so i got a very set idea of what the seashore is he, he is not English. He's talking to me and he's saying, so we're going to take you and you're going to this nice beach. You know, and you sit by the fire and my mind is going, what the hell is a fire doing on the beach? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you need to get to know the client so that you can introduce things that, that fit with their view of the world. 
mm-hmm. and get to understand their words or the way they would speak to themselves so that when you form your suggestions, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you can feed them back so that it's in a way that they would be more likely to accept. If I were to suggest to somebody something that really went against the grain, they, they would reject it. It's not, not necessarily yeah. your conscious mind would kick in, but you I mean, just wouldn't take. But when, you, when I'm dealing with uh, women with self-worth issues, okay. um, I had quite a few people following COVID as we began to open up who had spent two years, I had like three women in a row um, who, who were suddenly single, either by death or divorce. Oh, um, and they didn't know how to get they were they were they were used to having friends they were used to going out and being with people they hadn't done that for two years and and they just couldn't they were terrified not terrified but they were they were very uncomfortable going out socially and so those were the things that we worked that that we worked on for a start they were talking to me that's that's one person you've just met right you're okay doing Mm -hmm. this (laughs) and um the funniest one was a lady who was on very fixed income. So I, I did a very sweetheart deal for her. She was lovely. She really was. She, 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 um, she used to like dancing and she wanted to go dancing again. I said, okay. And, and she, she, she just couldn't do that. So she came back to me. So the idea was that she would go out and she would socialize and she would feel comfortable. And she'd be able to have coffee with people. And I was like, Came back and she said, no, it doesn't. It was, it was nice. I like your voice, but no, it didn't really do anything. I said, okay, what's going on then the last two weeks? She said, well, I joined the golf club and I'm doing this and I'm going out walking. And I booked a trip to XYZ and, and, I've, and I'm going to Ireland for, in July. And I was <laughs> like, but it didn't work. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> Call me if you tough. need me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Because her mind didn't want her to go dancing. It wanted her to do something else. So I think she plays golf. That's good. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can always, you can hit your hole in one and you'll be dancing for that, I guess. But yeah. But thank you for letting me talk about that. Um, why do you think, why do you think doctors are resistant against the idea of hypnosis? Not everybody is. I get a lot of, yes, I think um, it's great. I'll send you people. But yeah, I think, uh, I don't think, I mean, it's different for everybody, right? So mm-hmm. my interpretation is, is I just don't know if there's enough awareness out there that breaks the kind of cliche image of someone, you know, snapping their fingers or with a watch. You know, I think that I think that if um, hypnosis was more reshaped to and, and to get, you know, it's not the act, it's the end point. Mm-hmm. And I think if it was kind of brought to awareness like that, like it's good for anxiety, it's good for behavioral therapy. If you're trying to quit, if there's an aspect of your life like smoking or difficulty of sleeping, or there's something that you either want to quit or improve, then I think that it, you know, it finds its place very easy uh, in the healthcare system. Um, I don't think it's, it's not taught, you know, that well. No in most aspects of, uh, you know, medical education. Um, could it, you know, so I think it could be better there. Um, I think it does have its role, whether we realize we're using it or not in surgery, whether it's, you know, anesthesia or a surgeon 
or even, for example, a pediatric ER doctor. I mean, putting placing stitches in a six-year-old um, can be a very challenging yeah. task. When I, t- I told you, that's why I'm it. so mad they didn't teach me it. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, and there's some, it's like, come on, parents holding child. Um, maybe there's some local involved or something else um, mm-hmm. to distract them. But it's usually, you know, a loved one, you know, kind of taking their mind away from it. And I think, mm-hmm. so I think that, I think that the broader view of hypnosis physicians just need to be, healthcare providers in general need to be aware of. Yeah. I've never really seen it where it was shunned or shamed. That's in the, I've never seen, I've personally never witnessed an, a, phys, a healthcare provider or a physician saying, you know, it's absolute garbage. Usually what I hear is they're like hypnosis. Oh, if I have patients who have trouble with smoking or sleep disorder, I'll send them for that. But then that's all it's really limited to. Right. Um, my family, my family practitioner, when he heard I was in him, he said, oh, good, I've got so I haven't the person I used to send them to for smoking isn't here anymore. Give me your card. But <laughs> the other one sends is, me any, never sends me anything else. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, there is I think the other one would be um, that we've actually tried for chronic pain management is acupuncture. Mm-hmm. I've had some patients where they're like, you know, this isn't working this. And, and, and again, I think physicians are trying to get used get away from just prescribing different types of medication. Um, I think there is a trend away from that, that there are more, 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 more modalities, but acupuncture would be one. Um, another, uh, good example, get, you know, that, you know, in the hypnotic, uh, or hypnosis kind of category would be, uh, like massage therapy. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I have some patients and they're like, I'm tight here and I'm here and, and I can't move anything. And, they say I may have, you know, like a fibromyalgia. And I'm like, I think that you just, I think you just need a really good physical therapist to massage you out and you need to stretch and, and lose weight and trying to get back into shape. But, you know, but trying to pair a disease with this, I just think you need to just start moving again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I would feel hypnosis falls. We just need yeah. to utilize it better uh, and better awareness. Yeah. One of the one of the people um, I'm hoping to interview, not on this show because this is only doctor to doctor, is um, a colleague in Italy who is a doctor, but he's mm-hmm. a doctor of physical therapy. Uh, okay. He works in acute stroke. Um, yeah. From from the acute as stroke, at the very good. beginning because the re- neuroplasticity <laughs> part yeah. of it is is really his work is phenomenal. I really. It's a little difficult to understand accent wise, but it's really, really interesting. And he helped me a lot when I had a friend have a stroke recently and I contacted him. He was very helpful. So thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. It's been delightful. Do you think of anything else you want to chat about? Or, you know, be kind of fun for you and your wife because you're a two physician couple. And I think that that's... Yeah, for sure. been lovely having you as a guest. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us at Myth Magic Medicine. If you have found this episode useful, you can apply for free CME credit through the link provided in the transcript. If you're not a medical professional, please remember, while we're physicians, we're not your physicians. So please consult with your own healthcare professional if you think something you have heard might apply to you or a loved one. Until next time, bye-bye.